Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we love you. and God, I thank you for uh, what you're doing in Radiant Church. And I thank you for every man and every woman, Lord Jesus. And I pray your blessing on them. We pray that you would open up your word to us. We pray that the scriptures would come alive in our hearts. God, we ask that we would live as disciples, Lord Jesus, and that today we would live as servants. God, we just confess our temptation to live thinking mostly about ourselves, and we ask that you would help us to think of you and think of others. We honor you and we love you, and everybody said amen. Uh, I'm not sure what sports you loved as a kid, but one of the ones that I loved was limbo. Anybody here? Yeah, limbo, a little bit of limbo. Here's why. At the roller skating rink, uh, everybody could roller skate fast, and I never really won that one, but then they would do, now it's time for the limbo, and when I was in second, third, fourth grade, nobody could beat the four foot four kid at limbo, and so uh, that was kind of my favorite one, and the idea that the DJ would always say is, how low can you go? How low can you go? And I, I, I want to just preface when I think about our culture, I, I think the idea of going low or the idea of servanthood or the idea even of humility or a humble servant is often difficult uh, and it's so countercultural for you and for me. And we live in a culture that it's more like climb the ladder of success. And so we have a culture that if you can use people to get above them, if you can kind of demonstrate that you have the a capacity, whether it's power or whether it's fame or whether it's wealth, then that's valuable in our culture. And, and Jesus comes along and it would be as wild in his culture kind of as it is in ours to talk about becoming a servant and to not climb the ladder, but in a sense to kind of like limbo, how low can you go? And that was a complete paradigm shift for that culture, much like it would be for us today. And today I want us to look at the famous story of Jesus being the servant, and you know the story of Jesus washing the disciples' feet. But my prayer for us is this idea of habit. It would be that we would not just know it with our minds, but that we would live it every day. And so a lot of times, uh, it's easy for us to have head knowledge, but the real challenge in walking as disciples and servants is not just what we know, but what we do. And so the goal of today is to try to apply that, to get to where we live countercultural and become servants in our context. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to John chapter 13 and says this, it was just before the Passover feast and Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and to go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. So the idea here is it's one thing to say that you love people, but Jesus here showed them his love. And so for each one of us, we have a commitment and we might even say that we possess love in our hearts. And so we would say that we love people, but one of the important pieces is that we would do what Jesus did where we show it, where we activate love, where there's something that we do that tangibly demonstrate that love exists in our hearts. And so you've got Jesus here and it's the familiar story that many of us have grown up knowing. It's the idea that Jesus took the towel, took the basin, took the components to wash people's feet, to wash the disciples' feet. And when he does this, they lived in a time where they didn't sit with chairs like we would sit with a chair and eat at a table, but they would instead recline. And so the cool thing about that, I guess, is it's kind of relaxing. The bad part is that if everybody's reclining and maybe in some kind of circle or even if however it works, then you've got someone's feet in your face. 
And, uh, and so you've also got a culture where they didn't have shoes and socks. They would either be barefoot or potentially have sandals. And so people's feet were not just filled with dirt, but everything that would come from walking in a culture where you're walking outside and your feet were very dirty. And culturally for them, the person who was the lowest would be the one who would wash the feet. Sometimes it was a servant. Uh, and sometimes it might be just whoever was, was eating, but was, had the, was the lowest person. And so it was pretty amazing for Jesus here just before the Passover to take this role and actually go and take the towel, take and, and begin to wash the feet of the disciples. And it was this demonstration of going as low as you can go and, and, and becoming the servant of all. And so Jesus, after he washes his feet, he says this, now that I, your Lord and teacher, which now that I, I'm, I'm your Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm king, I'm number I'm, I'm the one you're serving. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so I've demonstrated for you, I've showed you what to do, and then he gives the command that I hope for us to really get today. He says, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So first he demonstrates it, and it's the example of washing feet, the example of going low, and of course, you and I know in our culture, washing feet is a whole different thing. We don't really have people that wash our feet. I grew up in a youth group where every time that we wanted to have a, ser a sermon on servanthood, we would wash each other's feet, but I had no idea why I was washing people's feet. And every time that we wanted, the youth pastor wanted to bring reconciliation, we'd wash our enemy's feet. And it just seemed kind of crazy to me because I didn't understand why exactly we were doing it. And so we don't get this, but it, for us, it would be going low. What can, what, how, how, the, the, what can I do to demonstrate being underneath you? You and bringing you up. And Jesus demonstrates that to his disciples. And in so doing, he tells them and then shows them. And our desire is to take his example. And then you and I look at our lives and say, okay, Jesus, we want to model and we want to serve the way that you served. And he has an expectation then that his disciples, and now we as his disciples, would serve the way that he served. And then he says this, and this is the fun part I want us to get today. Verse 16, when he says, I tell you the truth, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now it's interesting, you'll be blessed if there's contingent, if you do them, not just that you know them, not just that you know that I am the servant and I demonstrate it and that you should do it, but if you actually do it, and he uses this word blessing. Now you and I in church world, we, that's really the only time that we use blessing. It's not necessarily a cultural word that we would say all the time to be a blessing, but the Greek word here, it would be a word for happy. It's makarios, it's this idea that there will be happiness by virtue of serving. In other words, there's an internal fulfillment. There's an internal happiness to the person who becomes a servant. So the culture says, get on top and use people to get number one. And yet Jesus says it's the opposite. Get underneath them and help them become great. And in so doing, you become great and you not only become great in my kingdom, but also you develop this internal Makarios, happiness, servant. You are, you, you've got this blessing, this blessed servant who finds joy. And you and I can see this. You and I can see, I often can see it. I, I love to see it in people that have been doing it for 30 or 40 years. I love to see it in people that 
a lot of times you'll see, at least for me, I'll see young people that so much have a cultural worldview that, man, the idea of power and fame and being good looking is like so big. And it's this battle to try to think of finding happiness and serving rather than finding happiness and getting on top. But you watch and you see people, I've seen it, where for 20 or 30 years, they have found delight in serving other people. And over time, you can see a radiance, a delight, a joy, a happiness, a fulfillment, not in the, what the culture has to offer, but in this being a blessing. This idea of actual happiness by virtue of serving. And it is countercultural. And it actually takes faith to engage in it. It actually says, Jesus, help me live this because our temptation is to go the opposite way. Our temptation is to go just like the culture goes. And so our culture says, man, if you can get on top, I mean, if you can step on people to work your way up to the top and use people to be number one, then woohoo, you win. Feels good. And Jesus says, actually, if you go the opposite route and fight, to go down and to serve, not how many servants can you have that serve you, which is what our culture says, be in first class, have everybody serve you. Don't be an economy, be the one where everybody says, can I get you a drink? Can I take care of you? You can be the first one on the plane. You can be the first one off the plane or whatever it is in the business. That's what the culture says. That's number one. And Jesus comes along and he says, no, be the one who washes feet. Be the one who's the servant. And who can serve the most people is actually the one that receives the greatest reward. And it's in the upside down kingdom. It's the upside, it's Jesus demonstrating something that was countercultural in his day and it is so countercultural in our day. And we fight against it because man, we live in a world where everybody is saying, you be number one, you get on, on top, you work your way up, you kind of pull your, uh, your, yourself up by the bootstraps and make something of your life. And, and it's kind of got this you first thing and Jesus says others first thing and it means serving and it's a whole different way of living. But I believe that one of the DNA components of our church that I am so enjoying is God has brought people here that I didn't even know before we started this church where this component is so vital in them. It's more vital than I've ever seen before in my life. Where there are so many people that the Lord has brought to this house that have this DNA where they actually find great joy and supernatural happiness, blessedness by serving. My prayer for us is that as we go into 2017, that we would actually make it a habit and a, even potentially a daily habit. I know this sounds a little edgy, but imagine, imagine if you on a daily basis said, I want as one of the things that I wanna do today, okay, as one of the habits, undoubtedly one of the habits is, man, I wanna know God. I wanna pray. I'm gonna spend time with God. And man, as a, as a part of, of my lifestyle, I wanna be a person of fasting and I wanna engage in fasting and not a daily habit, but, but in seasons, I wanna be someone that fasts. And man, a daily habit, I want the word of God inside of me. And imagine this, getting so deep inside your heart that you don't want a day to go by that you didn't intentionally go out of your way to serve somebody else. I had a pastor this week and he, uh, he's kind of one of my heroes. And you know, he's 20 years older than I am and he sent me this text message that said, uh, is there anything that I can pray for for you, your family, or Radiant Church in Kansas City? And when I got this text, I gotta tell you, I, it was, it was, I mean, it was awkward how excited I was. Like, it is a text message. 
And man, I just, I just lit up. I called Renata. I was like, well, guess what? Like there was enthusiasm inside of me. And so, man, I just text him back and I, I'm sure he thought I was gonna, you know, put one prayer request, but I was just like filling up his thread. I was like, yeah, I pray for the church, pray for my family, pray that God would pray. I, I wish I was a little bit taller. I wish I was a baller. I mean, just, I just put like, I just put a list like, and I just began to blow it up. Like I'll pray for, and, but, I, but I was amazed how much it meant to me. And so small, so little, a text message, but it meant a lot to me. And so I know that one of his habits that I have heard him say is that it's his aim every day to try to, to serve at least one person. And I've actually heard him say, if, if I'm about to go to bed that night and I cannot think of some person that I went out of my way to serve, he said, then I always do the same thing. I always send him a text message. And I thought, all right, I'm a benefactor of that today because I've heard him preach it. But here's the principle that I like out of it. It's a habit. It's an idea. A part of who he said, what I wanna be as a Christ follower is I wanna be a servant. I wanna go out of my way and in a culture that just says, glorify me, me first, my food, my drink, my retirement, my comfort, my bed, my clean house, my future, all me, 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 me. I want to try to get out of me land and go towards, I say we land, but that's not cheesy, but help other people and <laughs> and help serve them. And that's my prayer that we would get that. And so I, I just want us to lock in on, on, on being people that are saying, Jesus, come do this supernatural work inside of us. And we'll go against the culture that says, get more and find happiness. And we'll become Jesus people that say, give more and find joy. That we're not trying to be people that are trying to go always upwardly mobile but downwardly noble and trying to just say jesus we're yours we're we want we, we want our bent to be christ-like we want to become servants of all and that's why one of the things that i'm blown away with is like josh hubbard who is just up here i see this in him like this guy he he i'll thank him for what he's doing around here and he's just his face just lights up and he just says i'm just so happy to serve and it's not like this fake cheesy and just happy to, it's like I'm enjoying this. Like, I love this. I find more joy. Here he is, you know, 23, 24 years old and could be doing a whole lot of other things. And, and there's this, this, this joy, this joy in actually, I'd rather be doing this than fill in the blank of what any single 24-year-old guy could do in the United States of America. He's saying, this is my passion. And, and I think that's a supernatural work. I think that's God doing something that says, get out of the rat race. The rat race of get on top, build up, Get on the ladder. How high can I go? Instead, it's more limbo. <laughs> and how low can you go? How much can you serve? And that, Jesus says, not only do you become great in the kingdom, which is enough in itself, not only is it a command from our Savior and our Lord, which is enough, but in addition, he says, and it kind of boomerangs back around, and he says, I'll bless you. Makarios, it's, you'll, you'll be surprised how you'll be, you'll have a blessed life, this internal happiness. And the interesting thing about when we even read the idea of servanthood in the New Testament is that there's, there's seven different Greek words for the word servant. So, so th there's a whole lot more different ideas in the scriptures. We would just say the word servant, but in the New Testament, they had more words. And so sometimes I think there's a lot hidden in that. And so today, everybody, I'm gonna just give you a few Greek words. And I know you're like, Greek words, Radiant, we haven't done a whole lot of Greek. Well, welcome to Radiant. We're gonna do a little Greek. We got a little Logos Bible software this week. And uh, I want you to see some of these Greek words. Here's, here's the first one. 
It's Mark chapter nine, and the idea is that servants are motivated by love. Look at the way that Jesus talks here. Sitting down, Jesus called the 12 and said, anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. So the Greek word here is doulos, D-O-U-L-O-S, doulos, all right? And the idea is a bond servant. So anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the the bond servant of all. So a bond servant in this culture is a little kind of interesting because in that time, if you owed a debt, then you might choose to be, you might have to be a servant for someone to pay the debt. But there was a law that said every seven years, uh, everybody went free. But then this phenomenon took place where some servants so loved their leader or their boss that they would voluntarily choose to be a servant for life because the servant, because the leader, the boss took such good care of them. And so they were called a bond servant. So the idea is, is that they were so motivated by love. They had been so taken care of or so loved that instead of wanting to run free, they would say, I'll continue to choose to be a lifetime servant motivated by love. And that's the idea here. It's anyone who wants to be first must be the last and the bond servant, the one who in love, no strings attached. I just, I'm in this for you. I'm a, I'm a servant by choice. And what happens for us when we get this bond servant idea inside of us, then we are not deciding if we're gonna follow Jesus based upon our circumstance. And every time that we face difficulty, we think, ah, why God are you allowing such difficulty? But instead, when you're a bond servant by choice, you've said, you know what? I'm in this for life. Come good days or bad. The circumstance doesn't dictate on if I serve or not. The circumstance doesn't dictate if I wanna check out and give up. Instead, I, you are who you say you are. And you know what? I have been so loved by you and I am so thankful for grace and I'm so grateful for your loving kindness that I choose to be a bond servant. I'm yours for life. And so when that goes in your heart, then you face the struggle of a lifetime. You face the financial difficulty that you can't even begin to put words to. You face the rejection of someone betraying you. You face all these difficult things and you look to God and you say, God, I'm a servant by choice. Good days and bad, no matter what, I'll serve you. No matter what. And I love when that gets so deep in us because then we've got a root system that says, I'm not in this for me, I'm in this for you. I'm a servant by choice. And then look at this next one. It's this, servants focus on others. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. Now, this is a different Greek word, diakonos. And the idea here is someone who's focused on other people. So if you wanna be great, it's not intentionally trying to make yourself great by getting on top, pulling yourself up, getting on the ladder, but instead making other people great. You become great by serving other people. But the idea here is someone who's focused on other people. And so our prayer is that we would get that that we would so focus and help other people that it's not just about me, it's not just about what I can get, but we're focused on how can I serve? How can I help? How can I help other people and develop that habit? And here's what happens for us when it comes to focusing in on other people. We live in a culture that dignifies busyness, right? But it's, it's like for me to stop and help someone else who's hurting, for me to stop my 
busy plan and go help the person with the flat tire. Go help the person who's crying over here or, the, or, or make the phone call, send the text message. Of, I just, it's just that I'm so busy. And oftentimes, even when we dialogue with people, how you doing? <laughs> I'm just keeping busy, just super busy. And, and, and a problem with that is sometimes self-centeredness masquerades as busyness. It's this, I'm important. I'm, I, I got something to do. And so in so doing, we so fill up our calendars with ourselves. I've got, I've got so much that we miss the opportunity to serve. And so what would happen if we as a church were intentional about having some margin enough that when we see people, our response is not much, much too busy for you, but man, I wanna be someone that has, looks out, takes care of people. The Greek word here, it, the best way that we see it in our culture is that of a waiter. You like someone who's got five tables and they're, they're looking around at what does that person need? Does he, does, do they need their water filled? Does, do they need their menus taken away? Do they need their, it's just, it's looking out for other people. And that's kind of the idea here. It's, it's we're looking out for other people. And as we go about our day, as we go about our lives, it's not just about me and mine and my agenda and my habits. It's also about how can I develop the habit of looking for other people, trying to serve and demonstrate love for other people. And this is really easy, easy to forego because we live in a culture where if, you, if it's about me, it's okay. But in the Jesus way, he says, no, I want you to be about serving. Anybody, I, I'm, I'm, I've got four kids, so I'm kind of a VeggieTale guy, but it's this song that is on VeggieTales and I know it's weird to have me and my kids discipled by vegetables, but there's this song where they sing, busy, busy, shockingly busy, that you've no idea what I have to do. Busy, busy, much, much too busy for you. And the idea is I'm too busy. I got too much on, our play, on my plate. I, man, I'm, I'm a big deal. And a lot of that is this, it's about me. I got a plan. And the vision is that we see in Jesus is, no, if you wanna be great, go countercultural and be the servant. The last one is this, servants embrace hiddenness. Now this one's hard, because you know what it is like to go and say, I'll serve, but I have a goal or agenda. And I'll serve for a season so that I get my future goal. My ultimate end is there's a carrot out there and I'm serving to get something. Maybe I want a reward of some kind. And this, this idea that Paul says, 1 Corinthians 4, he says it this way, this then is how you ought to regard us as, as servants of Christ and as those entrusted with the mysteries God has revealed. And the Greek word here is uh, hyperites, or I don't know if I said it right, but that, that, that idea, and it's, it's one of an under rower. He actually says it to King Agrippa in Acts 26. He uses the same Greek word for servant that Jesus called him to be a, a witness and a servant. And this idea of servant is, this is the third Greek word for servant that I'm bringing this morning. And this is a little bit different. First one, bond servant, right? I'm, I'm motivated by love, all right? Second one is diaknos, the idea of putting other people first, seeing them kind of like the waiter. This one is a little bit different. This one is the idea of an under rower, which in our culture, we don't know very much. But in that day, you had massive ships. And these ships were battleships where Underneath were the servants and the servants were chained to an oar and the, sh the, the ships moved by virtue of the servants or the slaves that would just row 
and row. And, and these servants and slaves were unknown. I mean, it was just to go to the galleys, to be underneath was the bottom of the bottom. But it's what made the ship go. It's what, it's what made it move. And so when Paul is using this language, anybody, did you ever see Ben-Hur? If you saw Ben-Hur, you know what I'm talking about. There it is, all right? It's Charleston Heston, you know? It's that, it's, it's rowing underneath, unknown, just a servant. But Paul's using the language, I'm, the, I'm, I'm, I'm building the kingdom of God, I'm serving the kingdom of God, I'm a servant, but I'm just, I'm unknown. It's not about me. And that's, that's the dream I believe for Radiant Church, that we would figure out ways that we wanna serve people, serve our city, serve even the dream, serve a generation of young people, and serve the nations, and then it, but it's not about us. And in your own life, as you go about your day, just your regular day to say, I'm not serving to get applause by people. I'm, I, I, man, I'm just, I'm a slave by choice. I'm a servant by choice. I've, I've, I wanna be like Jesus and I've chosen I've chosen, I've given my life to him and he has done so much for me that I just want to not say how great can I be in the world's eyes, but I wanna say how low can I go? How much can I help people? God, help me be a servant. Help me be a servant that embraces even hiddenness. I don't need the applause. I, I, just, want, I just wanna make the ship go. I just, want to help, I just want to help the kingdom of God be established on the planet. And I'm not looking for applause. I'm just looking to follow you. And so I want to just close with this story. It's, it's a story about my dad that my dad tells when he was eight years old. And he uh, grew up in Butte, Montana. And I grew up hearing all the stories of how much harder it was when he was a kid than when I was a kid, which is probably all true. Most of us have heard that. Up, I walked to school uphill both ways. You know, he did, that's what he says. You know, snows all the time. You always heard some of those stories. But he tells the story about when he was eight years old and he would sell newspapers. And I don't know if he sold them for a nickel or a dime, but he would sell newspapers. And one day, it was a winter day. It was cold outside. And, and a guy came and like a teenager, like 14 or 15, and literally just, just hit my dad in the face just one time, punched him, and his nose started to bleed, and the guy took his newspapers and took all of his money. And so however money that is, I don't know how many papers he'd sold, you know, but he took whatever he had and change, and my dad had to pay for the newspapers, and so my dad was thinking through the process of how he's gonna get the money to pay for the papers. And you know, I don't know how many eight-year-olds are out selling newspapers, but in Butte, Montana, <laughs> 1950 you were and so my dad was doing that he just tells the story about how he was on the side of the road and he, was, he has, had a bloody nose and he was sitting there like on a bench sad and a group of teenage girls were walking by high school and he says there in the, in the town of Butte there were two high schools two uh, that were um, rivals and so they were from the rival school from across town and their mascot was the Maroons. And these girls in letter jackets, uh, had maroon letter jackets, came walking by. And one of the girls saw my dad, eight years old, sitting there, and saw him crying, blood on his face. And so she asked him what was wrong. So he told her what happened. And so this girl got down, put the maroon jacket around my dad, took out her purse, got a handkerchief, wiped the blood off his face. And then she asked him the amount that was stolen and she reached into her purse and she gave him the amount of money that was stolen. And, and then she said, tell you what, walk with me. And he took him to a donut shop where she bought him a donut 
She bought him some hot chocolate and she just left. That was it. My dad, you know, he's, he's in his 70s now. And it's kind of funny because I grew up where every time you wanted to buy my dad a gift, you better buy him something that was maroon. If he, if he wanted to tie, he liked maroon ties. He loved maroon sweaters. He built a new church in the 80s, new church building, brand new facility, the whole carpet, maroon. 1988, he bought a new car, maroon. Interior, maroon. To this day, you ask him about maroon, he gets a little tear in his eye. Why? Someone became a servant of all. Teenage girl. 16 years old, went out of her way. Didn't have to, could have walked on by, but it, it, it transformed his life. It's just, I mean, forever had this, this gratitude says, thank you. And we wanna be the people that we so see what the cross is about. We so see what it meant that Jesus, the suffering servant bled for us. We've got, it's our favorite. We want to take communion. We want to pray. We want to worship. We want to talk to God. We just, we're forever grateful. Because he's the servant of all. And not only is he the servant of all, but he told us to then go be his servants and to demonstrate the same heart that he possessed to other people. And so we're not checking out the first time we have hard circumstance. No, we're bond servants for life. We're in. We're looking for people. Who's the eight-year-old on the side of the road? Who's the person that you could just demonstrate kindness to? You just, I just want to serve. I've, I've received so much and he served me first and he's the servant of all. And man, I'm looking for an opportunity. And when that happens, if we can be that in Kansas City, in the same way that maroon was something that forever made my dad's eyes fill with tears, I believe. Man, what is it about you? Well, it's just Jesus and we're the... We're the light of Jesus to our world. Looking for ways. How can I serve? I'm a bond servant by choice. I'm looking for opportunity to serve other people. I'm gonna go low and I'm just, this isn't about me. I don't need credit. I don't need my face on Instagram. I don't need anybody to praise. I, I'm doing, I'm just, I'm just rowing. Man, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just grateful. I'm a, I'm a servant by choice and I love the opportunity just to keep the ship going. I just want the kingdom of God to come on earth and I'm just so grateful for what he's done for me. I just want to keep this thing going. Would you take a moment and would you just place your hand on your heart and let's just pray together. Father, we come to you as Radiant Church today and we ask that you would help us to be servants. God, we confess that it is so difficult to intentionally live like a servant in a culture that applauds the greatest. And we ask for your help. On our own, we're tempted to do things just like our culture. But we ask for your help and your strength. And I just pray for every man and woman today, God, would you bless them? God, would they find that happiness, that fulfillment that Jesus said would happen when we serve. Make us a servant. Help us live like servants in our city, God. God, help us to not think of serving as a mean obligatory rule 
man, is the blessing that we get to live by as we follow the example of our servant king. And Father, we ask that you'd help us, God, not to care about badges, no strings attached, no applause needed. Just your smile is enough for us, God. So do a work inside of your people, we pray. Help us to form this habit where every day we're looking at, it's not about me. God, help me to love other people. Let me to go out of my way and be intentional to go as low as I can go. In Jesus' name. This morning, if you're here and maybe you haven't made a decision to follow Jesus, maybe you have, but it's been a long time and you've decided that, man, I'm just not where I want to be and you want to just, just look to the Lord and say, I'm not my will, but your will be done. Every Sunday, we want to give you the opportunity to say, I'm going to realign. I'm going to not go my way. I want to go the Jesus way. And make a choice to follow Jesus. And if that's you today, I want to pray for you. If that's you, will you just repeat this prayer after me? Just right where you're at. I'm not going to make you come forward or anything like that. Just right where you're at. Just, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you for sending Jesus to die for me. To live the life I could not live. Thank you that he died on the cross for me. Thank you that he rose from the dead. And I today choose to follow you. Come and save me from my sin. I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. I ask for your strength and your power to do so. I need you. Come be in me, God. I want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, I just want to invite you just on that connection card that's right there on your seat or under your seat. Will you just tell me? Just there's a box that you can check on there and I want to be in touch with you. Um, and in just a moment, we'll pass these buckets and I'd like to invite you just to take a moment. And we want to be, and we want to help you. We want to help you on your journey. We want to connect you to small groups, help you get resourced. This last thing, just, I, I just, I, I, I want to, I'm going to, one of the habits that I'm committed to this year, I, I've been working on as we've been preaching this series on some of the habits that I want to start. One of the ones I want to do is I'm going to, I'm going to spend my Monday mornings or maybe sometime Monday afternoon, but every Monday I'm going to take a few moments and I just want to pray for you. And uh, so on there, on that connection card, there's an opportunity for you just to write just a prayer request. It's on your seat or under your seat. And I'm going to take time every Monday and I'm just going to pray. I want to pray for you. And if you have any prayer need, I want to invite you just to write that prayer request on there, drop it in the, in, the, in the bucket in just a moment. And I'd love to pray for you. Then on Wednesday nights, we have people that gather together, to intercessors that gather to pray. And we'll pray for you there again too. So a lot of opportunities for you to be prayed for. And I want to invite you to do that. Let's all stand together. We're going to worship the Lord together. And let's, as we give, let's worship the Lord. And as always in this last song, let's not be thinking about where we're going. You're headed to... Chili's or Red Robin or headed home. Let's for one last song. Let's just fix our eyes on Jesus, focusing on him. Let's worship passionately as we give. All right, let's sing to the Lord together. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.